Yeah, Lord Jesus, we just uh, commit this time now to you and we believe your word is alive and active and we know with you just one word can bring crazy freedom and that's what we pray for. We just want fullness in our lives, fullness in one another's lives. We want more of you and so we just pray, Lord, that you would just be speaking to each of our hearts and minds now as we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so... It's two of my passions in life. Um, one of them is um, knowing our destiny in God and, and, God, and seeing, seeing that come to fullness. So knowing that in my life, I love prophetic words and I, I write them down. I've got to say, I did get one, I've had two prophetic words about cactuses and about being like a cactus. And, when, and I actually never got to write them down and I can't remember. So all I know is that God's saying something to me about being like a cactus. <laughs> but... Other than I love prophetic words, and I just and I love I love hearing other people's prophetic words, and then and then watching them being outworked in people's lives, and I love that for us as individuals, and I love that for us as a church. Just okay, God, what do you have for us? And then we want to just get every little bit of that. Like Mark, you're so excited about a Finnish man coming and joining us, and I am with you in that, and we will celebrate. We will. We will celebrate in that one day, okay? Um, another passion of mine recently is plants. <laughs> I love plants. I really love plants. For about a year and a half, I just love these green things, and... Um, I think it started first, I, I just had this kind of impression for Luke, and so I thought, I'm going to go and buy a plant, and this plant is going to be Luke. And I, I bought a small plant, but it wasn't say Luke was small, but it just was, the pot was huge, and I just wanted to put this small pot, plant in the huge pot, and then watch it grow. And um, at first, it looked crazy, crazy silly. We had this big pot like this, this tiny plant, and I just thought, are we going to, is this going to look silly for a whole year? <laughs> It didn't. It really didn't. Like within like a month, it just went, Pow! and now it's kind of this crazy, out of control plant in our house, and it's so beautiful, and I love it, and I love Luke, and I love, I love the growth I see in Luke, and it is, you, you started amazing, but Luke, you're just like you are. The growth is like, Pow! 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 it's so amazing. It's so amazing, and I love it, and. Um, so I see the plant and I think of Luke. So then I got like, I want more plants and I'm going to just call them different people and I'm just going to keep praying for these people. And I'm going to keep getting, and I kept deliberately buying quite small plants and then getting big pots. And, and in the summer, this was great. <laughs> and I just would have to water it a little and then make sure he got plenty of sunshine. And I just would marvel at the growth. And I did get a little bit addicted and had to like resist plantage and just keep walking, Lydia. Keep walking. Don't go in. But um, Barney then gets a plant. And I'm like, who is it going to be, Barney? He's like, Jesus. <laughs> so we now have Jesus also as a plant in our house. He hasn't actually grown that much, but we look after him and protect him. Um, and so, so this was great. This was all, and it was so easy. It was so easy, and it was just like this great project, and it brought so much life to me, and the kids really loved it too. And then autumn came. <laughs> and then all the things that I'd been doing suddenly kind of didn't work so well anymore. And um, leaves going a bit limp, brown, yellow, 
plant's just dying. One plant, I just got him and put him in the bin. Came back later, Kev's taking him out of the bin, which is actually quite funny because to me, all over the, his surface, I'm like, I just see death. He's had it. Can't, can't be doing it with this plant anymore. This Christmas, we left him at school and just ignored him. Come back after Christmas, and he is thriving, this little plant. He's, he's amazing. So, so that was good. But <laughs> the rest of my plants, it wasn't so good. And, and I found it, I was really like, no, because these plants are precious to me because they represent different people, and I, I can't see, I, no, no, no. So I, I had to read up about how to look up plants. Normally people probably start by reading up. I don't do that. When I had a baby, I had the baby. When a problem came up, I read up. Whereas other people, I know they do the reading up beforehand. I do it the other way around, crisis management. So, um, so I started reading up. And during this same time of my plants dying, I was also going through a really hard time, which probably you all noticed, because I'm the sort of person, what's going on in my heart, it, 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 you can see it all over here. I'm not very good at hiding it. And um, so kind of October, November just felt like a, a hard, dark season for me. We were going through lots of different trials. Nobody died, but there were still trials. And, um, oh, thanks. <laughs> there were still trials, and... Um, and I wasn't coping, and all my usual ways of doing things suddenly didn't work, and reactions were coming up, and I, like raw emotions, and I didn't really know how to do, deal with it, and I, I pulled back from lo lots of people because I really, I actually thought, I'm just going to start spitting and reacting at people, and it's not their fault, it's because of what's going on in me, so I'm going to keep everyone else safe, <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just going to withdraw and pull back, and... Um, it was kind of just it re revealing from God just how old ways of functioning and things that I thought I was quite good at, God saying, actually, you're not so great at that and actually maybe that person's good at that and that's not what I want you to be doing in this season of life. And that, that's humbling. And um, also at the same time, I think me and Kev, and Kev's, Kev was going through the same, a similar thing at the same time, just... We've got, so we've got four children and we've just got used to this pace of life. And it, we've just got used to this a kind of manicness and a rushing around from place to place. And it suddenly just wasn't working. It wasn't working for either of us. And so we kind of needed to readdress. And I am someone, when a trial comes, I might withdraw, but I will then go, at you, I'm going to get into you because... God's bringing stuff up, and I'm not just going to put a blanket, a bowl just over this. I'm, I'm going to, I want to see what God, what are you wanting to do in me? So Tuesday, I'm going to counselling, and I was saying to Janice, I haven't got a clue what I'm going to say, but I'm going for counselling, and I'm just, because I just think, I want some new ways of functioning God, and if, if that needs me, me to just go and go, to a lady rather than you right now, then maybe that would be a good thing. So, so Tuesday, your prayers would be appreciated. But, um, so this got me thinking about life and growth in winter seasons, um, in adverse conditions. And um, the word adverse, it comes from uh, uh, the Latin word adversus, meaning turned against. So it's an adjective describing um, a factor that seems to work against or actively harm something. And that's what the whole... The, Everything going on in the weather and the light for my lovely little plants 
it just seemed like it was going against life for them. And that season for me of those trials, it just felt like everything was like going against life and growth for me. Um, adverse conditions or adverses. Um, so, so adverse. When life seems against you, conditions aren't going well, hardships in your life, dryness, trials or pain. And when, so I started researching for my plants and actually discovered lots of stuff for myself. And one of the words that really kind of stuck out, and I was like, oh, and was when it said dormant season. And I was like, oh, dormancy, dormant. And so dormancy um, in Finland generally happens for our plants between October and February due to the coldness and the lack of sunlight. So then the plants, they um, kind of suspend growth and normal activity, and it, it slows down. It's like a big, it's a deep sleep. But the plant... Where I thought that cactus was just dead, it is still alive, um, but it's kind of resting. And what's happening is the plant during that time, it's kind of storing up its energy. It's reserving all the energy, but it, it doesn't look, it's not growing. And um, so that was why I could see with my plants a limpness and a brownness and a yellowing and a death. Um, but that life still is lurking underneath the surface. So what you see above, which is so interesting, kind of what Anina brought just now about the shell and then the butterfly, like the brownness and the hardness of the shell with these plants, all I could, I could not see life. It looked the complete opposite, but actually that life is being stored up underneath the soil. Um, so in my research, so this is a talk based on what Lydia found out about how to look after her plants during the winter months. So the first thing I found was cluster your plants together. So, so I did, I've, and uh, I got all the plants, I put them on a tray, and they had been spread around the house, and now they're all together. And the reason you do this is that then very naturally, the, um, the plants naturally release water um, through their leaves by transpiring. So the, the, the moisture just drops off the leaves and it will drop from one plant to the other and that through this you're putting that moisture to good use. And in the same way, like I, I wanted to withdraw and everything in these adverse conditions, everything within me is like pull back, keep, keep yourself safe, like keep others safe, just pull back, kind of go into um, hibernation, go into hibernation. Um, but, that, but actually, as we can see from nature, God purposes that growth happens when we're in community, that he wants us to grow more into his likeness and more into his image as we are together and we can support one another. It says in Colossians 2, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. Then in Ephesians 2, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So this the togetherness, um, and that's how God wants us to be so that growth can be maximal. Nature telling us that during these hard seasons, prioritise clustering together. I was very much kind of 
wanting to go into survival mode, which in a way, my plants, that's what my plants are doing. They're reserving all energy just to exist and get ready for spring. So they're not wasting energy and looking all pretty for me, but down deep within, that's where the life's happening and being stored up. But um, this survival mode that I went into, I don't know if it was so healthy. And I, in my devotional, um, I read the other day a guy called Joseph Pieper, a German philosopher. Um, he said, it does not suffice to us to simply exist. We can do that anyhow. What matters to us beyond mere existence is the explicit conf confirmation, it's good that you exist, how wonderful that you are. Can you just turn to someone now and say, it's good that you exist, how wonderful you are. It's good that you exist, how wonderful you are. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> but um, he goes on to say, being created by God actually does not suffice. I found it, I was like, oh. It would seem the fact of creation needs continuation and perfection by the creative power of human love. He intends that we need each other. We, we need each other, and that's what he wants. That's what he purposes. So we, and he says, we say that a person blossoms when undergoing the experience of being loved. That he becomes holy himself for the first time. That a new life is beginning for him. A man succeeds in fully existing and feeling at home in the world only when he is being confirmed by the love of another. Something, another thing that I'm really passionate about is boyfriends and girlfriends. I just love it when people get together, and not, not just any relationship, but you know when you just, it's of God, and you're just like, oh, and yes, the wedding's amazing, and the marriage is amazing, but you know when you first see, you see these two parts come together, and you're just like, and somehow those two individual parts were amazing and so incredible, but then put together and it's like, oh, oh my word, God, you're so clever. You're so clever that this person was born over here and this person was born over here and you bring them together. And, oh, it's so amazing. And when you see those two people come together and then life blossoms and that guy, suddenly he's a bit like, yeah, I am good looking and I am rather funny. And like, they stand taller and it's just, it's like they become more fully themselves. It's so beautiful. It's so, so very beautiful. And... I'll turn the page too soon. But um, I just love that. I love seeing how somebody's identity can be confirmed, reiterated by another. But it doesn't just take romantic love. But Lord Jesus, we pray for more romantic love for our church over this year. We pray for growth in husbands and wives. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. So... Um, but, but it doesn't just have to be romantic love. It could also be us to one another, that we can confirm one another's identity and confirm one another's wonderfulness and, wow, God did a great job when he existed you. Exi when he created you. When he created you. So, <laughs> existed you. Kind of means the same thing. But, um, <laughs> so, like, if we just have that simple image of those plants coming together and then that their survival and their existence is able to carry on just simply by them being together and kind of dropping that moisture from one to the other. And I think it's really beautiful. So could you 
be thinking or just say to God, God, I'd like to confirm someone in here over these next seven days. You know what's going to bring life to them. So if you want me to do that, just pray. Give me inspiration to confirm someone in, in this group over this next week. So it, like I said, when you're in these dormant seasons, it is, it's, I think it feels so, you just want to pull back. But can I encourage you just to stick with us? Let us be there for you. Um, so the next thing I found about my plants was that in Finland, I love Finland, there's not enough light during these months. In the summer, Lawrence, crazy opposite situation in the summer, okay? Get the blackout blinds. But in the winter, get a happy light, okay? Alison and Luke gave us a happy light. Now he's just for the plants. <laughs> so, don't worry about those children. The plants need the light. <laughs> so they're all gathered together around the artificial light. Um, so... God is forever looking to increase our dependency on him. And so when there is a lack of light, sometimes he has, he's allowed it, hasn't he? Do you know, a lack of knowing God's presence, maybe a lack of knowing his word in our, our life, which seems to go kind of against, why, why would God allow that? But he just loves to increase our dependency on him and loves to increase our longing and our hunger for him. And... Sometimes when I do know that absence, it, it causes my, my, the very core of me to hunger out for him because I can't rely on my self-sufficiency anymore. Just like my plants, they, they couldn't rely on the, the natural light that was out there. They needed something additional. Sometimes during these last months, there's been some days and I've looked out and I've, has the sun disappeared forever? Is he ever going to come back? Because it just feels quite dark and mundane, but he did return yesterday. <laughs> so, hallelujah. Um, so sometimes I can feel with God a silence, and sometimes I can feel like a distance in my relationship. Do I then start to kind of recreate the theology that I know based on my feelings and based on what I can see? No. I need to then go to like, like this artificial light. I need to go to the word, and I need to get this additional light into my life. Um, like him say to myself, no, God, you say you'll never leave me nor forsake me. That's the truth. Not feeling like that. I'm not seeing that, but that's the truth. It says in Psalm 119, your, <laughs> your lamp, um, no, no, your word, <laughs> your, lamp is a, your, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When do we need a lamp and a light? In dark times. <laughs> yeah? So using the word as a light in my darkness. I can't see you, see you or feel you, but your word is truth. And in this darkness, I'm going to switch on this light to keep me on track. So proactively, daily getting the word in our, in our lives so that our leaves don't go limp and yellow and brown. So we don't see that unnatural death. Um, it's... That God and how God's allowing this. He allows sometimes these harsh conditions not, not to harm us, but that we would further delight our, ourselves in the word of God um, and find, find his strength and his nourishment um, in that place. So fruit trees, with fruit trees, the harshness of the elements can actually make, them, they need to uh, find a, an additional source of life. So then their roots have to go digger 
deeper, deeper into the soil. <laughs> I'm not doing well today. They have to like go deeper and deeper. And so, so these bad conditions causing them to go deeper, but actually what's happening as a result is that the tree is then more stable. So these adverse conditions actually causing stability for these trees. And I believe that's often what God allows. He allows us when these trials, this, this darkness, these hard situations arise, if we press in and we allow our roots to go deeper into him, it actually creates a greater stability of us for, in, our, in our walk with him. Do you hunger or have a longing for the word in your life, in these, in these situations, in these trials, would you turn to the word of God? Or would you, would you go to the numbing things, go, go to the Netflix, go to yummy food? And, you know, and I get all those things, and I do all those things, but they don't, they're not my, they don't bring me the nutrients I need. They don't bring me the stability that I need. It says in 2 Peter, Therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So did you know that babies, um, between when they're born and five months, oh, I have to check, double their birth weight. Is that right, Lily? It depends how... <laughs> yeah. Google says... <laughs> Thanks, Lily. Thanks. <laughs> Typically, <laughs> that's what you can expect. Thanks, Lily, thanks. Um, that they double their birth weight. That just shows you like how a mother's milk is just so incredibly, amazingly, powerfully great for growth. They double, typically, their birth weight. Um, and, and here, Peter was talking about being like newborn babies craving for this spiritual milk. So he's telling us, if you want to grow, it's going to be by the word. And he, he's comparing it to the milk and how it's pure and nourishing. So those other things that I said we can turn to, yes, they, they'll bring you a comfort, but they won't bring you the growth in those seasons. Um, Peter wants our longing for the word to be like the longing of an infant for milk, like a baby-like e eagerness, a desperation and dependency on the word that we might grow in our salvation. Um, so I'd got a little bit repotting mad, and I just kept going and buying bigger plants. And, and so, so one plant, I was like, it's time. I'm going to repot him. So I repotted this plant. And then I thought, oh, I should just look up what it says about these plants. And I looked it up, and then it was like, do not repot <laughs> in winter months. Oh, dear, good luck, little plant. Um, but it did say it's a great time to prune. So, got my pruning fingers ready. Um, and pruning, and this it told me, pruning may feel like tough love, but it keeps your plants healthy and encourages fresh new growth and renewal. By thinning the lateral shoots, it will let the remaining branches get better circulation water and sunlight. And with me, when I'm, when I'm pruning these plants, my eyes actually are, I'm not like, oh, I'm so disappointed with you, Mr. Brownleaf. My, my eyes are on all those healthy leaves and I'm just like, gonna keep you good guys, gonna get rid of this one so that you get every bit of, of nutrients possible that you need. 
So there's three different times that plants can need to be pruned. Um, so the first time, for many plants, it's during the dormant season. Other plants, it's immediately after flowering, and then some other plants continually need to be pruned. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, those of you who put yourself in the dormant season, um, so those plants that need to be pruned late winter or early spring, that, and how adversity is the catalyst for fruit. A wonderful lady called Beth Moore says, growth isn't always about additions. God often subtracts before he adds. There's a cutting back that precedes a growth spur. So what seems counterproductive can actually be hyperproductive, and that's why God's doing it, because he's got your growth in mind. So the cutting happens in winter, the pruning happens in the dark, cold times, but spring brings new growth. For those other flat plants where... Um, it, they needed to be pruned immediately after flowering. It was so that you don't cut off the new buds um, at the wrong time. And John 15, about, which tells us about abiding in him, that every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it might bear more fruit. Bill Johnson says that God rewards growth with pruning. So it might be somebody's God's just, kind of, I don't know, you're just really kind of stepping out in a gifting area. It might be you've got a new promotion at work. You might have just got married. You might have a baby. There might be just some new success in your life. And then suddenly, God's bringing this pruning. But to remember, keep in mind that it's, he's rewarding you. He's wanting to increase your growth. Um, the word for, for pruning actually is the same word used in other verses, which meant to cleanse, to purify and then those, those plants that continually need to be pruned. And it, maybe you feel like this hasn't felt like just one season. I've, this has felt like an enduring process of God pruning and pruning and pruning. So despite the problems winter causes for plants, they need to go through this, this winter time. There's a term called vernalization, like about being put into the cold. And the whole point is to enable growth to happen in springtime and how it speeds up the growth. Um, and that during that cold time and when they're, they're storing up all this energy, what's happening is the plants being given and the seeds are being given the ability to flower at the right time. So how this, this wintertime actually stimulates flowering. I read that um, pruning often happens during our trials, so that was definitely what I was feeling was going on for me, um, and that during those trials, what was happening was, it's like a revelation of the idols in my heart, like a revelation of, oh, you've always functioned in that way, and that's why you've been doing that. <laughs> like, and there's been a lot of pridefulness in me in, in functioning that way. I think I'm, yes, I'm, I'm helping everybody, and I'm doing this for God, and actually, no, it's a whole lot about me. And... Um, but that through these trials, when things are feeling stripped away and taken away, that we, we understand what's going on in our hearts. And it's very interesting how circumstances don't create what's coming out. What actually comes out during those trials is what was already in my heart and how God's allowed these adverse conditions to reveal what was already in my heart. 
in Hebrews 12, it says about trials producing a harvest of righteousness and peace for those trained by it, if we allow ourselves to be trained by it. James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let the perseverance finish its work so that you may mature, be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So during these, these, um, this pruning time, it can feel like you're being chopped up. But actually, it's the divine gardener knowing what he's doing and he's got growth in mind for you. Um, at the time, it can feel like death. And it can feel like hopelessness. If I'm honest, I know that pruning and trials aren't punishment. I know that. But it can feel like that. It can really feel like punishment. But that's, that's not the truth. It's not punishment. It's this, this loving God that's saying, I love you too much to leave you that way, Lydia. And, and not just like, it's not like bad ways in you, Lydia. It's, it's more growth, Lydia. I've got this for you. I want more of my fullness of my character into you. He wants to make me more like him. And it's through these trials and through this, this stripping away and this pruning that, he, in, that he's bringing more of his character into my life. Um, and during these times, he's, he's like putting a spotlight on these things that aren't of him. In Colossians 3, it says, And if then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is. Seat, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, I can't control my plant's growth. I've not done a very good job at it. I thought it was me in the summer. It wasn't. It was, it was nature doing its thing. And in winter, I suddenly discovered that, and I, I felt a bit uh, powerless in, in helping them grow. But um, I can't control your growth. There's absolutely no way I can control your growth. I can't even control my own growth, and God doesn't want that. And that's kind of what O.T. was saying, how it's God that brings the growth and God and it's from a place of rest the John 15 that talks about abiding in him it's only from abiding in him that this growth and this fruitfulness can come um, that he's the provider of growth and and the verse that we all we we love to hold on to that he promises to complete what he has begun in us but it does require something of us and I think when God puts a, a, a spotlight on these things do you submit? Do you dig in deep and say, okay, God, I see that. I'm willing. <laughs> Go to work. Go for it, God. Um, is, is there a desire in you to put aside those, those sinful ways that he might put a finger on? And this, um, we, can, we can put aside these sinful habits. We, could also, we can also put aside the mundane in our life, if, if we have this kind of growth perspective, that, like, Lord, I want to I wanna be more like you, and I want to um, know what you have for me, the fruitfulness that you have for me, and, and I want to press into that. Sometimes there needs to be us setting our own limits in life. 
So it might be that we cut back on, on different areas just to bring a rest, bring a slower pace to life that we might fully focus on what God has for us in that season. Sometimes it even requires a setting limits to really good things and a saying no to, to righteous things and, and, and needs that need to be met, but that God's saying, I don't want you to meet those needs right now. Um, a lady called Etty Hillerson, who was a Dutch Jew, was about to be sent to um, a concentration camp. She describes how she knew she could only take one small backpack to sustain her as she entered hell. In her mind, she pondered and planned, mentally packed and unpacked that small bag before finally deciding on a Bible, a volume of favourite poems, a bottle of aspirin, an extra sweater and a chocolate bar. Etty struggled to define what was valuable to her and what would sustain her on her journey. A stripping down, a letting go was inevitable to transport, as she tra they transported um, her to the death camp. We're not going to a, a concentration camp. And um, I don't think we need to even get ready in our minds psychologically for that. But I think this, this stripping down and this letting go and thinking, okay, God, what, what's valuable to you? What's valuable to me? What do I believe really sustains me? And kind of packing those things in your bag first. And then, Lord, is there anything that needs to go? Um, what, what in this season, and as we start this year, Lord, God, what do you want me to be prioritising? Because I can't do everything. And if I do everything, those things that you've got for me, where you want to see fruitfulness and growth, they might be hindered because I'm not giving them the energy and the time that they need. So we can't, we can't be everything. We can't do everything. We can't meet everybody's needs. And hallelujah, we don't need to because that's God's job. And I think sometimes, just so you know, I know I'm not good at this, but I think I start wanting to do that. I kind of want to be a little God for you. I want to meet your needs and I want to be there for you. And if you're talking to me, I want to really try and understand you and give you the right answer. No, you need God. And I, need, that's what, that, I think this is something God's bringing up in me. No, Lydia, they don't. point the way to God, point the way to God. And um, so... This hard work of pulling back and resting and not doing a certain thing because it's not what God's called you to do in this season, but really understanding God's desire for your life in this season and, and going after that. So this prioritising and self-care can feel really selfish and it, I don't, it can feel a little bit self-important. If, like, if there's a need and then you're saying, no, I can't meet that, that really goes against the grain doesn't it? But actually, it being good stewardship, so that we're making our yeses a brilliant best yes. So knowing grace to say no in order that we can say the best yeses. So it's within God's boundaries to reach our full strength, capacity, and effectiveness. So I, re I was really feeling at capacity um, during the autumn, and just then realising, oh, some things need to go here. Some things need to be stripped back. And then when, when seeing this need that, that needs to be met, you saying no, trusting God that he'll raise somebody else up who's going to say yes. And sometimes there's other people who are more reluctant to say yes. And by you actively saying no, 
it then draws that person out and maybe they find a whole new area of fruitfulness in their life. And had you just carried on, just meeting that need, just carrying on, where fruitfulness actually wasn't abiding in your life, because that wasn't what God was intending for you, um, you're kind of limiting somebody else at the same time. So me and Kev, I think Kev's been listening to a lot of stuff about simplifying your life and having space for silence in your life. And we still needed to work at it a whole lot. But do you have space in your life for silence and reflection and just pondering and listening to God? My quiet times with God are really noisy times for him. <laughs> I just talk at him. Like how, and when I try to be quiet and listen, <laughs> just so many things come to mind, but it's a discipline and it's a habit. And it's something me and Kev this season are really wanting to work out, like this silence and stillness before God. Um, over Christmas, Kev took Twitter off his phone. I took um, Instagram off my phone. He's got nothing against Twitter. I have nothing against Instagram. But I just kind of wanted to bring a little bit more space for myself. For this, for this year, I have cheated. But for this year, I'm not buying clothes. And, but I, Kev got me some for Christmas, so that was great. But when I now go to town, I love clothes. So when I go to town now, it's so freeing. Like I walk past these shops and it's just like, don't need to go in there. Whereas before, I'd kind of just, oh, I'm just browsing. Oh, I need that. Whereas now, for this season, it's felt so freeing. So the thing that felt a bit like it was going to be restricting and a little bit like a punishment like to myself, like this hardship, I'm not going to buy clothes, actually was really liberating and has brought this kind of extra space in my mind. So, so just be thinking, God, is there anything you'd like me to cut back on in this season that I might really... Go after what you have for me. Um, I read that the fruit of the Spirit is the marker of growth. So the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, forbearance, (coughs) kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ask yourselves, do, do I look more like Jesus this January than I did last January? Are these, these fruits, are you seeing growth in them in your life as you abide in Christ? Some of these things you might be able to recognise in other people. Um, I know for me, like self-control, I think maybe it's one I, I definitely know about in myself. You know, when situations come up and I, I choose to not control, <laughs> I choose to pull back and then it's like, you did it girl just because normally I'd just go Hoo! and try and control that situation so if I do manage to to pull back it is like wow and I'm just having like a victory dance over here and everyone else is just like what is going on so it might be something that only you know in your life um, sometimes God allows trials in our seasons because he's actually wanting to say to you look how much you've grown Do you remember last time you had this trial came up in your life? Do you remember last time how you responded? Look how you've just responded. You're growing. And him just like saying, go, this is great, this is great. It's so good to know when you're making progress. When I've had four babies, every time during labor, I get to a point and say, 
No more. Can't do it. Just get the knife, cut me open, take the baby out. I don't care. Do it. I can't do this. Kev, no, 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 no. Can't do it. No, no, no. Can't do it. Get them now. Cut me open. And then, and then the midwife comes and she's like, she smiles. I'm just like, I don't know why you're smiling. <laughs> this is hell. And she's like, this is good. And I'm just like, how much longer? And then she checks how much dilated you are. And then she tells you, you're, what's it, Lily? Nine... I'm not you're feeling that as eight or nine. So eight or nine. Thin, and then thin. So then, and then, so then, so then with Dorothy, my last child, I really should be expert at this. I'm nine centimeters dilated, and and so then I said, right, how many, how many minutes, how many minutes for the last centimeter? Because I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And she's like, forty, maybe forty minutes. And, and it was twenty minutes, and it was fine. And they didn't need to cut me open. But if they need to cut you open, that's okay. It's all right. But, um, but just knowing, because when you're feeling this and you don't know how much progress you're making and it's hard and it feels like hell, it's really hard. But then when you know, I'm making progress, then you're like, I can endure this. I can do this. I've got this far. I can keep going. So progress and knowing how much we've made is a key thing. Um, Christmas, this Christmas I felt so stressed and it's, I don't know why. Like, just going to the shop so many times, every time my heart just hurt and I'd be so nervous putting the card in. Just like, please work. Please have enough money. Please work. And, and it kept working, thankfully. But um, I felt such stress. And there were different times over the, the Christmas period that I'd, I'd look back uh, last Christmas and I'd remember different ways I responded last Christmas. And in some of the ways this Christmas, I didn't respond in the same way. And I was like, God, you're at work in me. Because <laughs> when you're in this dormancy season and it's dark and you're not seeing life, it can feel like, I, I just don't know what's really going on here. Is, is God active in my life? Am I, am I even saved? Is he even, a, is he even real? What, what's going on? But then knowing, wow, God, you're doing the work. You're doing it here in my life. And it's so amazing. And, and it, it feels like a miracle when you know something that you really struggle with, a way that you respond, you know it's not healthy, but you find it hard not to respond in that way. And then when God gives you the grace to respond in a different way, it's really amazing. So sometimes like a specific relationship or a season or a time of year or a celebration, that they can be like great markers for you to see, see the growth in your own life. Would you say there's more joy in you this January than there was last January. This, this week I um, was, went to go and do this talk and I wanted to do some research, but then I didn't have internet. and So I read my journals instead. And I read my three journals, my last three. And um, it was just really amazing just to see with all the things, all my issues that I've been writing about. I'm not through on any of them. But there's growth, and there's similar emotions being written down, but there's less intensity, and, and there's more faith. And it was just like, really like, oh, you're doing it, God. You're changing me. doesn't feel like it often, but you are. Um, more than a year ago, and this is what I saw in my journal, more than a year ago, I said to God, is there, is there anything that you'd really like to work out in me? And, and just bring more freedom in and I felt like he said forgiveness 
And he's like, good luck with that one, God. <laughs> Can't help you. Cannot help you with that one. That's going to be down to you, buddy. So it was just, I remember just writing it. I had no comments. Forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. So I've read two books, and I'm definitely not there. I'm certainly not there. Um, but I know I'm on track. I know I'm taking steps forward. And I think I know that sometimes by... This is how horrible I am, is that I, I take offence and I bear a grudge. And in the past, I'd have then just brewed on that and just I'd stayed in that place of hurtness and that kind of prison that I put myself in for a long time. Whereas now, I, might, I take offence and I start to bear a grudge. And then I see, Lydia, you've just taken offence. You're starting to bear a grudge. And then I start thinking, why am I bearing a grudge? Why did I take offence? And my eyes come back on me, and I process that with God, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry for holding unforgiveness. And so I'm really not there. I'm really not there on it. But I'm on a journey, and me and him are processing this through. And so that's great. Um, and, when, and when I see this, when I see this growth, when I see these steps forward, for me, I have like these fireworks go inside. And it's... It's this thing of celebrating the small, that we don't have to celebrate the final line. We don't have to celebrate the destiny. There's going to be one crazy party in heaven. Yeah? When you get to heaven, going to be a crazy party. Why don't we start now? Every small step, every small victory in God, every way in which he's changing your heart and making you more like him, look for it, celebrate it, thank him, give him the glory. Um, it often, in the moment... You often don't see the growth. It is often from looking back. So our focus isn't to be on our action, our effort, our resolve. It's, it's on what God's doing, God's work in our lives. It might be today that you see someone and you just think, I've really seen you grow in this area. This would be something you need to be sensitive because if you come up to me and say, wow, Lydia, you just seem so much less angry this year. I might just keep this face at you because you're telling me something great, but at the same time, you're telling me that I wasn't hiding the anger very well last year. So, so maybe be sensitive about how you do it. But if you see growth, like Kev, when I'm struggling with criticalness or something, like Kev will be, love, I know you're struggling right now, but last year or two years ago, this is what you sounded like. <laughs> this year, you're sounding a bit more like this. And I'm like, oh, so there's a little bit of progress. He's like, yeah, there's a little bit. So, <laughs> so progress. But so if you can celebrate someone else's progress, do it sensitively. Um, we, for Christmas, the kids got a mango and an avocado. And, and then we're, we, we're trying to get plants come from them, trying to grow these these beautiful trees, and um, <laughs> how long, is it three weeks since Christmas, or however long, and we're all a bit <laughs> feeling a bit despondent and sad about the growth that we're seeing. We're just seeing the brown soil. And then the other day, and I should be more mature, I should know about this, I've been reading up on this, and Ed was saying, Mum, is it even working? Is it, what's the point? What, what are we doing? So I was like, come on, let's just dig in. So we just grabbed this Big seed out, <laughs> nice and tough love. Grab the seed out, and there was a little shoot. Just one little shoot. We, we all looked at the little shoot, and we were like, okay, we can be patient. Something's happening. We've probably killed it now. We only did it to one. Oh, we did it to Barney's. Don't tell him it was me. But, uh, 
Lord Jesus, please. <laughs> Make him grow. So, um, so yes. <laughs> but we saw growth, and that's given us perspective, and it's given us patience um, to keep going. And it's this growth perspective. When you're committed to growth in your own life, and when um, you're committed to seeing growth in other people's life, through discipleship, through encouragement, through just being together, um, you start seeing things differently. You start being softer on yourself and you realise we're all the same. You start being softer and more patient with others. And, and we need each other. This is where this stuff gets worked out. Um, so let's be those who, who are looking for growth in other people's lives. So John 15 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. So it's God's work in our lives as we submit to him. And we need to know in those dark seasons, in those pruning seasons, in those cutting back times, that he's for you. He knows what he's doing. He's got this great destiny for you and and he wants to fulfill it just like we started off as the clay in his hands his workmanship we're still like that clay and he's working to continue to um, put his character into our our lives Um, and just knowing that the seasons that we go through aren't an accident in in florida um, if the colder the season is the colder the winter the sweeter the fruit the sweeter the oranges, which is so interesting, isn't it? You know, when, those, when, when you're going through a really, really difficult trial, then having that perspective, God, if this feels this intense, whoa, the joy's going to be intense the other side when my spring comes. So, um, so that's kind of, that's it. It's about this growth coming from this dark place, this growth coming when, when you're kind of seeing nothing, and you're feeling nothing or you're feeling cut back, but that actually underneath the surface, God is doing his work and he's being faithful to grow you more like him. Just be great if you just start to think now, like, is, Lord, is there anything that I need to simplify in my life? This January, as we're starting the year, are there any limits that you'd like me to bring into my life? Are there areas that you want me to cut back on that I might make more of you in my life? Lord, that we know a person blossoms when experiencing being loved. Is there one person you'd like me to help this week by intentionally offering them the experience of being loved? It might be like... You feel like you've been in Narnia, this eternal winter, forever being pruned. Song of Songs 2 says, My beloved speaks and says to me, Come away, for the winter is past. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. might be you're feeling in this season of dormancy and things kind of being put to death. It says in John 12, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So wanting to know that resurrection power of God in different areas of your life. Some of you I've kind of talked about, like, knowing our destiny in God and what he's called us to. You might think, I don't know. I don't know what God's calling me to. I don't know what my destiny is in him. And Isaiah Hannah sent me this the other week. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Is God wanting to impart something to you this morning? Of what he has for your life. Of how he's gifted you, how he's made you. Made you. Maybe it's been a season of dryness and you've been coasting and God's wanting your roots to go deeper in him so your faith's no longer just based on feelings, what's, what you see around you, but this depth of commitment and connection with him. Maybe you feel like, I, I don't hunger for spiritual milk, God. If I'm honest with you, don't hunger for it. God, bring that longing into my life. Maybe there's things in your life that are hindering growth. Not allowing those areas where you're intended to be fruitful, get the right nutrients. Are there things you need to repent of? Areas you need to submit to God? Or areas, really good things, that you just know God's saying you need to cut back and declutter? No, geez, we just, I've said a whole lot, but we want to start this year with you being our central focus and our eyes on you. And we just so happily submit ourselves to you, knowing that it's light with you and that you're the one that's wanting to bring life into our lives and bring fruitfulness, not just for us, but, but for those around us, that we might be those that bear fruit in Helsinki, Lord God. God, we just want to submit our lives to you and, and welcome you as that divine gardener to do what you need to do. Lord, you're so faithful and so good at the right season, bringing the right things to our mind. And Yeah, Lord, we just today even put aside any things that kind of, they sound good and they sound right, but doesn't feel like it's, it's of you right now. Lord, we just say, I just pray, would you convict hearts right now with just one thing, Lord, that as a result of this talk, you'd like them to go away and do, Lord. What are you saying to individuals today? What would you like, what would you like us to press into with you?